This is a Suno India production and you are listening to Climate Emergency. In a big victory for the Tamil Nadu government and the people who had protested against the Sterlite factory, the Madras High Court has upheld the Tamil Nadu government's decision to shut down the Sterlite Copper, a unit of uh, Vedanta Limited. On August 18th this year, the residents of the seaside town of Thutukudi facing the Bay of Bengal in Tamil Nadu burst firecrackers, shared sweets with strangers and danced on the streets celebrating a quarter-century fight against a global mining conglomerate's copper smelter which had been operating in a densely populated part of the city. But the celebrations came after bloody years of struggle and police brutality. In 2018, 100 days protest was held by the people of Tuticorin demanding the Sterlite be shut, I beg pardon. On the 100th day, police officials opened fire at a mob and in the shooting, 13 people were killed. Following this, there was widespread outrage and finally, the state government ordered the Sterlite plant's closure. The people of Thutukudi have suffered countless health issues due to mercury, fluoride and sulfur dioxide poisoning, pollutants which are byproducts of copper smelting. Sterlite Copper, a subsidiary of the UK-based Vedanta Resources Limited, operates a 400,000 ton annual production capacity smelter in Thutukudi. According to the company, its Thutukudi operations are among the largest custom copper smelters in India. and that it supplies well over a third of the country's refined copper needs there have been numerous instances of groundwater air and soil contamination linked to the copper plant residents of the city have complained of unexplained birth deformities miscarriages cancer breathing difficulties fluorosis and skin rashes the company has maintained that these have not been caused by its operations instead It points to many other factories in its vicinity like a urea plant and a rare earth minerals facility. Hi, I'm Kunal Shankar, your host for this series on the Climate Emergency Podcast. A rare environmental victory in India. Episode 1: Thutukudi's long fight against Vedanta. I think that the story begins around in mid 1990s post liberalization India. and vedanta was an up and coming company anil agarwal a scrap merchant turned you know mining aspirant decided to set up a copper smelter a small copper smelter that's nityanand jayaraman a chennai based environmental activist associated with the fight against sterlite copper since 2003 and he imported a copper smelter i think it was a used to set it up first in ratnagiri in maharashtra government invited him provided him with land and allowed him to set up but they were ignoring protests by people uh, construction began people's protests intensified because the copper smelter was supposed to come up in the midst of an extremely important uh, horticultural zone very famous for the alfonso mangoes and a zone that is very well known for fisheries and uh, the copper smelters are known to be polluting and copper smelters that are operated in poorly regulated environments like india have even more disastrous consequences 
a government-appointed committee warned of severe ecological damage with detrimental consequences to the local economy if a copper smelter were to come up in Ratnagiri. So between the protests and this report that gave Vedanta a red chit, uh, the district collector ordered that work should be stopped. The company then looked elsewhere in India. State governments across India in the initial years following liberalization were eager to shore up foreign direct investments. Jayalalitha, then a young and not-so-confident chief minister in her first term, had won a succession battle within her party, the Anna Dravida Munetra Karagam. She wanted to prove her mettle. She invited Anil Agarwal to set up his copper smelter in the state. Tutukri became a natural choice for the company as it mirrored Ratnagiri in Maharashtra. Proximity to a port and an already existing industrial infrastructure which could handle copper ore that would be shipped from Vedanta's mines in Zambia in Africa and Tasmania in Australia. Initially, it was uh, seen to be a fishing community issue. We were given to understand, not only given to understand, it did happen that the fluence initially were supposed to have gone to be piped into the sea. This was in 1994. Sterlite had proposed an 8-kilometer-long wastewater pipeline from its plant in the western tip of the city to the shore in the east. So when we heard about this, people got really furious because already Chutukuran has been branded as an industrial town. Fatima Babu is respondent number 9 in the case filed by Sterlite in the Madras High Court seeking reopening of its plant following its shuttering by the Tamil Nadu government in late May 2018. She has been one of the longest campaigners against the copper factory in her hometown. I'm Fatima Babu, formerly Professor of English Language and Literature in St. Mary's College, Chutukaran. And I have been actively involved in uh, social justice causes and environment protection activism for nearly three decades. I was born and brought up here. And yes, the seaside town has a beauty of its own. I was fortunate to be born here and to have lived all my life here. Tutukuri is supposed to be uh, the capital of the fishing activities of the two adjacent districts, Tutukuri district and Tirnalveli district. The beauty of the Tutukuri seashore is not in any way similar to the beauty of uh, Goan Beach or Marina Beach. It's not like that. But Tutukudi Beach is constantly buzzing with livelihood activities, full of life, full of vigor. So to have another big company dumping all its effluence, all its waste into the seashore would have meant a great deal of uh, damage to the waters, to the marine life. Enraged fishermen set sail in boats, mechanized vessels, all that they owned, to stop the very first consignment of copper ore headed to Tutukuri from Australia. The fishermen, they set out to sea and they fought the battle royal and they drove them off from here. And the vessels had to go to Cochin. Cochin or Kochi is in the state of Kerala and faces the Arabian Sea birth there, get their, unload their cargo and had to transport it to Tukurin on road. So that was the first big protest against Sterlite. 
and that was by the fishing community people because it was felt to be a fisherman's issue at that time the realization that it was much more than that much more dangerous than that uh, was not there the fishing community's resistance to vedanta has been steadfast right from those early days now the whole concept has changed people have understood every single household has some impact of strelite on one of its members and now they know what it means to have to allow strelite to continue here uh copper in its uh, ore form is not present as copper it is present as copper sulfides present along with other trace metals and sometimes uh, metals found in substantial quantities like iron Nityanand explains how the most significant byproduct in copper smelting sulfur dioxide gets produced and the harm that it can cause to human health and the ecology the copper sulfide has to be uh, heated in a smelter and there it reacts with oxygen and you have sulfur dioxide that is released uh, almost uh, you know uh, for every ton of uh, copper is a, a hell of a lot of sulfur dioxide that is released and that sulfur dioxide will have to be either captured and converted into something else and a, and a substantial amount of it will still be released into the environment there is of course the hazard of sulfur dioxide spills or gas leaks which can completely devastate uh, vegetation and human you know health and well-being the company says it produces over 1.2 million metric tons of sulfuric acid every year capturing sulfur dioxide but despite this episodic gas leaks did take place this has been confirmed by government authorities and accepted by the courts as well so there are two different kinds you have the routine sulfur dioxide pollution which is what people complain about and mm-hmm. then you have these episodic you know these events which are you know significant releases large releases of uh, sulfur dioxide uncontrolled so those take the form of gas leaks that end up poisoning very large numbers of people at the same time and such mm-hmm. episodic releases are usually short in duration but extremely intense it's a routine mm-hmm. pollution that really got the people very concerned because there was not a single night that they could spend outside so these are people who are used to sleeping on their terrace open because it's very warm people like to sleep out in the open and sleeping out in the open was no longer an option keeping the windows open were no longer an option because the uh, toxic fumes would invade your home and sulfur dioxide is a kind of a chemical that uh, suffocates you and it tears into your lungs and into your into anything that has uh, uh, mucus so your nose your eyes your lungs your throat these things are acted upon by sulfur dioxide and if it gets intense then it starts eating into the tissue of the lung and generating water and you end up drowning in your own uh, fluids stellite copper obtained permission from the tamil nadu pollution control board the state's environmental watchdog in a record 2 weeks to set up its plant in tutukudi in 1994 it used a legal loophole to do this it sought land from the state industrial promotion corporation of tamil nadu or sipcot a government authority it circumvented the town and country planning authority which is a statutory body set up by an act of the state's legislature in 1971 This body designates urban lands into various categories such as residential, commercial, industrial and special industries which means hazardous industries. This involves an extensive consultative process with the locals. The uh, high court held that as far as designating areas as 
residential, commercial or industrial or special industrial is concerned. Under the Town and Country Planning Act, it is the local uh, town planners, including the district collector, who are the concerned and designated authorities who have got the power to designate a land for a particular use. And that designation of land for a particular use doesn't happen through some kind of uh, executive order based on the whim of any particular individual officer. Senior Counsel R. Vaigai appeared for Fatima Babu in the Madras High Court in 2019. It has to go through a, a detailed democratic process where the town planning authority prepares a draft notification. That draft notification drawing the map of the area with the various designation of the land use. The people are put on notice about that. Several months of notice is given and then those people's comments are invited. The local people are entitled to have their objections heard by the town planners before they arrive at the land use um, demarcation. So it's a, a detailed democratic process. And only after considering their objections, the concerned town planners can, planning authority can issue the final notification of the local map showing the designation of each area. Now, once that notification has happened under the statutory process given in the Town and Country Planning Act, SIPCOT or no other government agency can modify that. So that is what the court has held. The court has held that once under the Town and Country Planning Act, there is this notification which says Milavitan is not a special industrial zone. Then SIPCOT could not have assigned this land to Vedanta to operate its sterilite plant. In June 2018, less than two months after the state government was forced to shut down the plant, the company's then-CEO, P. Ramnath, refuted all charges of circumventing rules in a news interview. Two very important concerns continue to exist, though. The first, of course, is the fact that, and this was pointed out by the Madurai bench of the Madras High Court as well, that you got the NGT clearance and the environmental clearance from the Ministry of Environment, rather, without having a public hearing. Your defense was that, considering it's located within, you know, an already assigned industrial complex, a public hearing wouldn't be necessary. But what's important to point out is also the fact that the industrial complex did not exist. It was a proposed expansion for your proposed plant as well. I don't agree with that. The entire industrial complex of SIPCOT was uh, set up in prior to 2006. And there is an EIA notification which but says very clearly... But phase two, of clearly, course, was applied for... The EIA, the EIA notification very clearly said that any industrial complex which was set up prior to 2006... Uh, and any industry which was set up in such an in a industrial complex did not get a public hearing. And in fact, the court has made certain remarks about how Vedanta was able to get away with getting various um, orders and um, at very um, easy pace. That is, it said it applied and got permission to locate its industry in this place in a matter of 14 days. While its uh, past conduct was that in Maharashtra, where it tried to locate an industry, similar, same industry in Ratnagiri, people, nearly 20,000 people marched and they broke down whatever uh, construction had already happened. Vedanta's first noticeable gas leak was in 1997. 
13 years since the world's worst industrial disaster, the Bhopal gas tragedy in 1984. Union Carbide's methyl isocyanate had killed tens of thousands due to a similar case of industrial negligence. The trauma of that tragedy had hardly been addressed before Indians heard of the news of 160 women feeling breathless due to a toxic gas in Tutukudi, reminiscent of what happened in 1984. Several of them were hospitalized. In the next episode, I will chronicle how this heightened sense of awareness of the fatal consequences of industrial disasters and a maturing nationwide environmental movement supported by a wide spectrum of civil society took on Vedanta on the streets and in the courts. Wait, wait, I'll just take one more minute. This is Rakesh here, production lead and co-founder of Sunar India. We want to know what you think about this show. And do let us know how we can make this show better. What are the topics that you want to hear? What are the stories that you feel that we are not covering? We would love to hear from you. Please send a direct message on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We would love to feature any of your voices in our episodes. You can now check all the episodes of Climate Emergency now on our website www.sunoindia.in or you can listen to it on any other podcasting app of your choice.